Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Not as good a day as Aaron Rodgers or as bad a day as Aaron Rodgers. And you're like, how could you have a bad day when you make $153 million guaranteed? I'll explain in a second. Plus, we have the unofficial tip-off of the NCAA tournament. First four games take place today. We'll try and uh, contextualize why they're important and why they're truly not important. Right? <laughs> That's kind of the beauty of it. Uh, we have lots of free agent signings, which... I, I just like look. Let me just give you the. Uh, let me just give you kind of the, the factual way that NFL people look at it. Uh, first round draft picks are a fifty-fifty hit miss, fifty-fifty shot. Free agency is a thirty-three percent shot. Right. So, NFL people through, and this is through a hundred years of research. But especially in the more modern times, the last 25 years of data tells us that only one third of the free agents that are signed will live up to whatever preconceived notion a team would have for what a guy's going to do. In the NFL, you don't get paid for your past success. You get paid for your future performance. And uh, so you can't factor in what somebody accomplished previous to receiving their contract. Again, that that's been a mistake in some people have negotiated these contracts, but not how it's looked at. So when somebody signs, it's great, but also temper it with the understanding that only a third of free agents really come through. Only half of first round picks really come through, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now let's get to the story of the day, which is Aaron Rodgers made a lot of money. And it feels like whatever Aaron Rodgers says isn't going to happen or won't be true. A week later, it will, of course, become reality. Because remember, when he announced a week ago that he was coming back for another year, there was talk of a $153 million guaranteed contract, which Aaron Rodgers, on his own volition, took to social media to dispel and said nothing has been signed. Nothing's been agreed to. Now, he may simply be uh, factually correct and he didn't want the deal to get screwed up and he wasn't supposed to be leaked and it was leaked. All of these things are reasonable for why he wouldn't have wanted that number out there. So too is it that here's a guy that has talked about wanting to do the right thing and wanting to and all be about feelings and emotions and feeling at home and whatever, when in truth, it's about the money. If it wasn't, then he wouldn't be making more money than anybody else on the planet. It's not about the money, but it is about the money, which means it's always about the money. What does that mean? It's not about the money from a money standpoint. It's a money from a respect standpoint. I got to make more money than anybody else because I'm better than anybody else knowing full well that that does not necessarily determine who makes the most money. It's more about timeliness, 
but seeing all the different things in which the Packers have done bending over backwards to keep their star quarterback, I think it's pretty obvious how they feel about his talents, whether he gets his money or doesn't get his money right away. With his new deal, he'll get all his money up front. The question becomes, when can somebody go in there and go like, hey, listen, this is all good and fine and all, but in order to take it to the next level, Aaron, you got to back off and just be a player. We need a free agent. We need a, our, our play caller. We need someone to stand up for himself and do his own thing. But Aaron Rodgers today gets announced that he signed a deal which should make him the highest paid player on the planet, which coming off an MVP season is reasonable. The problem is going to be, can they build a team around him? What do they do in terms of his backup? God forbid he gets hurt. He has gotten hurt in the past. And what will the Packers look like as Aaron Rodgers will, without any question, get older? It's impossible for him not to. And that usually means you're done improving in terms of your arm strength. You can still, you can see more, you can feel more, you can understand more. You won't move as well or throw with the, with the velocity. And sometimes that the velocity comes also, you start missing targets. All understandable. But remember last week when Aaron Rodgers agreed to come back for another year, it was Aaron Rodgers who threw cold water in his own parade by saying this deal was not agreed to. Then, of course, Russell Wilson gets traded and completely overshadows Aaron Rodgers. Now, with all of these moves, Aaron Rodgers is more of a footnote. The new contract brings him right back to the forefront, and we'll see how much he loves that attention, how, many, how, much, how much he truly loves his name being mentioned atop every news story. Because it is right now. It is. But he has this ability... He has this ability to like, even on a day when he announced he was coming back, he had to correct the story that had him signing a deal for $153 million. Like he can't even let himself enjoy the fact that he's the highest paid player. He'll probably make sure there's some context to this deal before the day is over as well. Get none of it means you stay away. None of it means you don't, but just know that it's a very Aaron Rodgers thing to make you feel weird about feeling good for him getting paid because he does have the ability to try and tamper damper a dampen, excuse me, any sort of enthusiasm that that's his gift as much as his gift of throwing a football very, very well and reading a defense incredibly well and leading men. But like, man, this is another one. He, he tried to act like he knew more, and understood more than everybody with the vaccine. That one backfired on him. He's tried to do the same here with this contract thing. And it might not backfire on him, but their ability to go out and get other guys or to re-sign Devontae Adams is greatly affected based upon whatever his bottom or last dollar is. I believe his contract takes up like $26 million from the cap this year. That's not crazy. It gets increasingly more. Obviously, it gets to year three when it's over $40 million. So if you're going to re-sign Devontae Adams and give him a new deal, you know his cap hit's probably going to be more front-loaded than Aaron Rodgers'. It's, it's all about math and moving the numbers around. But Aaron Rodgers told us last week no deal had been signed or agreed to. And it sure feels like that, that deal was already signed and agreed to 
with a couple of small details. And so many of the things that he has told us weren't true or weren't happening have happened. I'm just wondering if anybody wants to go with to Aaron Rodgers to ask him who the Cinderella is going to be this year in the tournament, I will put all my money on them. The team he says isn't winning, it isn't happening, that's the one. That's the one. Maybe he's in on, on one of these, you know, quasi picks, these teams that are people say are underseated. Maybe that's maybe that's what we should be following Aaron Rodgers for more. Check out the latest lines of World of Sports, a Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be twenty one, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania uh, to play. His cap number falls from forty six point six six million to twenty eight million. Gives the Packers some flexibility. He's going to make one hundred and fifty plus over the next three seasons. He'll make forty one point nine five this season, fully guaranteed the form of a. $40.8 million roster bonus, which will be treated like a salary cap, a signing bonus for the salary cap. His base salary is $1.15 million, which, of course, you know how it works. An agent at some point in time is going to be like, look, he played for $1.15 million. His pay of $59.465 million is also guaranteed for next year. And his $49.25 is guaranteed only against injury at the time of signing for his third year. In other words, it's really a two-year deal and would be a massive deal if he chooses to stay around for year three or they'd have to rework it. And of course, remember in late February, this was reported by Diane Rossini. Um, and Diane, when Diane Rossini said he wants to get $50 million a year, he said it was categorically false. It may have been false at the time in terms of the actual agreement, but not false in terms of the numbers. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket, powered by Indeed. That's right, a Million Dollar Bracket challenge. Challenge, if you fill out a perfect bracket at foxsportsradio.com, you'll win a million dollars. That's simple. You can compete against other Fox Sports Radio hosts and fellow listeners. The listener with the first place, even without a perfect bracket, wins a 48-inch ViewSonic HDTV. That's right, a 48-inch HDTV will be yours. Sponsored by ViewSonic. You can fill out your bracket now or until 11 a.m. Eastern on Thursday morning on FoxSportsRadio.com. That's FoxSportsRadio.com to fill out your bracket, get your official rules. Uh, Jason Stewart, do you have your bracket handy? Um, I could get one in a couple seconds. Yeah. What do you mean you could get one? Do you get, have? Give me how the many uh, brackets. Do you have Paul? Do you have any? Uh, get the bracket music. Do I do this? <laughs> Paul. Paul. Letterman That's reference. I got. I got it. I got. I don't know if anybody else got it, but I definitely. I definitely got it. I got my brackets. Okay. Do you, how many brackets? How many do you have? <laughs> I heard a bunch. Brackets is a plural word. I mean, you're not the guy that puts many brackets into the system and hopefully one works. You just do the one, huh? Just do the one. What oh, by you, the way, you, yeah. Um, I'm interested kind of in your one bracket, but as soon as you say now in my other bracket, I stop listening. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's, not, that's not like, a, like a strong conviction. Well, in one bracket, I have Arizona winning it all, but in another bracket, right. I have Tennessee. Uh, stay tuned for more of my wishy-washy picks at Gottlieb Show. Okay, so 
Here's the big question. What's the big upset you have? <laughs> you asked me this 24 hours ago, mm-hmm. um, and I had Cal State Fullerton. But um, Which you, one that actually has a chance? Yeah. Ah. You, you know what I like? <laughs> I, I like Alabama as my Elite Eight. That, that's my. That's kind of my upset. So Alabama Rama is a six slamma, Rama Slamma Yellow Hammer. Give him hell, Alabama. What do you think about that pick? As, know, a, as a lead do you know eight. what the yellow hammer is? No. You want you want to take a shot at this one, um, uh, John Ramos? What the ba- what the hammer is? That what you just What's said? What's a yellow hammer? Yellow hammer. I is this regarding Alabama? Yes. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. I don't want to keep people in suspense of me trying to guess a thousand <laughs> things. I'll, we'll just let you roll it out for everybody. Um. Who who else is around that we can? Let's go to Ralph. Ralph Irvin Ralph, might have Ralph an Irvin? idea. Ralph, do you know what a what a yellow hammer is? A bird. It is a bird. Bingo! Rama I knew somebody Slamma, was smart on this staff. Rama Slamma Yellow Hammer. A yellow hammer, I believe, is the state bird. It's the northern flicker, but it's known as the yellow hammer. It's actually the state bird of Alabama. That's, is that right, R- uh, Ralph? That I don't know. Okay, I think that, I, that I don't know. I. I also think I think it's like actually kind of a woodpecker, right? Um, which brings up Woody Woodpecker, great cartoon. Woody Woodpecker does not get the respect that he deserves, don't don't you think? In terms of all time great cat cartoons, no one ever says, "You know what I used to love as a kid, Woody Woodpecker." But you know what people used to love as a kid, Woody Woodpecker. I think it's very mischievous, and I think that I mean for us, like there's a lot of cartoons that you and I and probably. Jason or Ralph saw that would never see the light of day in today's world. Um, but, but he was very mischievous, Woody Woodpecker, like kind of not following the rules and doing stuff. And I don't think people want their kids to see things like that anymore. They want the kids to be more focused and stuff and not like, you know, do whatever you want. And like, don't you think he was you mischievous? Clearly not, you clearly not watch cartoons. They're I, mischievous I guess, today. I, I, I guess I'm. Well, if you watch the little baby cartoons, they're not. They're, yeah, that's the probably where I'm at. You're right. You watch. Um, I'm watching. What's, uh, what's what's the adult one that I'm thinking? Oh, my, now I'm going to sound like the oldest one per, person on earth. But I actually watch it with my kids. Some it's funny, but totally crass. Uh, the one where they're in outer space, Jay Stu, and it's an old guy with a young kid. Oh man, <laughs> what is it called? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not up on those on the cartoons. Really? It was, it was around when we were growing up. No, no it's, it's now. now. Yeah, it's an animated show. Yes, he's out in space. Oof. <laughs> I'll think of it. Let's get to Ralph Irvin, and I'll I'll figure it out. Go ahead, Ralph. Well, I was just I was just thinking about Woody Woodpecker right there. That's that's all. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, the NCAA <laughs> tournament will get underway that's tonight. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, was, that, was that it too? A little bit like. I still can't find I still can't find this show that I'm thinking of. I'm uh and and it's in the a uh, more adult version, right? Cuz you got um uh you know you have adult swim type of shows or whatever. God, I can't what am I can I not think of this show? I need my I need my kids around. Why do they have to have school? They can just tell me what what the show is. But uh, Ramos, you thought he's too mischievous. I thought they're well, all mischievous. Well, no, that's like, what that's I'm saying. I think, I think Bugs Bunny. I think a lot of the cartoons we grew up with were they're very mischievous. Yes, uh, doing some stuff that maybe 
maybe you wouldn't want the kids today to be watching. So that's why I, I know. Think- but uh, what I'm saying is like, okay, so South Park. Well, that's guy. those. Those are not for like our well, you know, seven year old, eight year olds. The South Park is not for a seven and eight year old child. No. Right? No, no. You're so, right. I mean, you're we were right. watching, you know, Bugs Bunny at that age. You know, I was watching Booty Woodpecker, um, Felix a Cat, people like that. They were very mischievous. They did things like, you know, pulling at seats from people and, you know, Woody Woodpecker would be hitting people on the head with things. I mean, stuff that the cartoons now Tom are and, more like. Tom and Jerry. Tom, Tom and Jerry Tom is and another Jerry. great example. Right. Yes. Uh, I, I was big on... Um, the Roadrunner Wiley Coyote super genius. I mean, who could I, not blow up somebody better than than you know Wiley Coyote? He was always getting blown up, which you know probably don't want to show kids today sticking dynamite in people's mouth <laughs> and then he explodes. Was that wrong? Should we not have done that? I I don't, it didn't change my life. Like I thought it was funny, you know. But maybe today the people are a little bit more sensitive about that. I there's a, that's a it's a it's a really good question, right? Because. Our generation grew up with all this stuff. Like, there's all kinds of, like, go back and watch E.T. Now, you go watch an E.T. The, in the very first scene, like, between language and and how they're talking to each other and even, like, you know, drinking old Coke cans or whatever. But the, but the language stuff, like, you sit there and you're like, man, this was okay. But we, it feels like we have more issues with our kids now, and yet we try and protect them more from language and scenes now does that make make sense? I I do think it's more readily available, right? Like you can, yes, you could technically tell your kids you're only allowed to watch, you know, kids cartoons. But a kid sees a cartoon on and it's SpongeBob or whatever, and they're going to they're going to gravitate they're going to gravitate towards it, right? Whether it's SpongeBob or Futurama, it doesn't matter. They're going to or South Park. They see a cartoon and they'll they'll stay on it. So Futurama was the show you're thinking of. No, Futurama was not it. Was it? Was it Final Space? No. <laughs> no, come on. Over three. Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty. okay. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. You guys don't know about Rick and Morty? We no. do. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I do because Lucas. I, I try not to let him watch it though. I think oh, little, but he does watch it. Right? He has seen it. Yes. How old is Lucas? He's ten. Okay. Okay. So you said people don't. Th- people, you would think people don't. We don't have. Woody Woodpecker because he's too mischievous. Like, have you watched Rick and Morty? Right? Right. But I'm just saying that Woody Woodpecker was more geared to, like, we could see it at our age. I don't think that parents now need to, like, that show I don't think is meant for nine-year-olds and, like, eight-year-olds. Whereas Woody Woodpecker was probably okay with us. We didn't think about stuff like that then. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I think Rick and Morty is not meant for a nine-year-old. and I think it is meant for, like, Maybe fifteen year old, something like that. So no, no, it's it's made for yeah. I mean, I think it's yeah. made for fourteen year old yep. to whatever boy, right? That's and and for and for young for young women too. Like I think it's that type. But but guys, we we grew up a lot slower <laughs> mentally. So you know, even a guy my age still likes watching Rick and Morty and and chuckling every now and again. Whereas I think most women evolve more quickly out of it. But even even if it is sophomoric humor, because it's a cartoon, kids are going to watch. And there'll be parents that won't check up and like, oh, he's watching a cartoon. Like, how could it be, how bad could it be? Like, have you seen some of this stuff? So, uh, but I, I mean, I like a good Rick and Morty episode. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so uh, Cal State Fullerton was one of yours. 
right? You you know what everyone's waiting on, right? In terms of the NCAA tournament, we're, we're the playing for... games. No, I've done the playing games though. It was, it was actually a lot of fun. I did uh, the year Dayton played there, so it was Boise versus Dayton, and it was unbelievable. The, the the atmosphere was so so good. Won't be the same tonight for Indiana and Wyoming, but still should be a really really good game. Should be a fun game. Um. So okay, so so help, help, who'd you end up having your final four if you had if you have uh, Cal State Fullerton? By the way, which is inevitably going to be called Fullerton State, right? Somebody is going to call it Fullerton State. Um, of course. Yeah, that's calling it Fullerton. That's kind of the tangible name, the national uh, reference, Fullerton State. That works for me. It does. Yeah, that works for me. Um, but I mean, my no final, one calls it Fullerton State. I no one that I know calls them Fullerton State, but I've ref, I've heard them referred to Fullerton State. No, I know. State by yeah, national. I, I, yeah. Yes, yeah. they'll call. They also UC Irvine's not in it this year, but they would call it Cal Irvine. Like no, no, it's UCI or UC Irvine. Okay, we'll get Carlos Boozer in a second, get his thoughts on Duke Straw. Duke plays Cal State Fullerton. So you don't have, if you have Cal State Fullerton coming out of that game, Jace 2, who do you have coming out of that bracket? That's that's that Alabama one that you like? Because we have Alabama, I mean, that's Alabama-Notre Dame. You get, you're talking about football rematches. Then Texas Tech, then Michigan State or Davidson. Davidson point guard, by the way, used to be at Michigan State. Carlos Boozer joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Booz, I know you've worked uh, ACC Network all year long. Um, what do you think's wrong with Duke? As you know, they it wasn't like they dusted off Syracuse, and that's in between sandwiching losses to North Carolina and to Virginia Tech. What's going on with the Devils? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's my biggest thing with the Duke Blue Devils. First of all, Doug, thanks for having me on the show. My biggest thing with them, I'm not worried about them offensively. My biggest thing is them defensively, right? Earlier in the year, I thought they were the top defensive team in the conference and one of the best defensive teams in the country. And somewhere along the line, they kind of got out of lock, locking down teams. You look, you look at that Carolina game at home, the last game of Coach K's uh, career at Cameron, they're winning the, the game the whole game. And then in the second half, towards the stretch of that second half, they couldn't stop that pick and roll, that double high, where Baycott would roll to the basket. And Manic would pop for the three. They couldn't. They couldn't stop that. And you look at you look at the the game against Syracuse. They didn't do a good job of stopping them either. They, there's nobody behind. It was like a I'm outscore you type of game. And they took that same approach into the the, the ACC championship game where they got Virginia got grown in over there. They got three fifth year seniors. They got one of the best players in the country in Kevin Aluma. Uh, and so what they ended up doing was they tried to outscore them except championship game where both teams shoot over 50%. When's the last time that happened? So my biggest thing is that if they offensively they're terrific, they got a stud in Paolo Bancaro, they got to show up the defensive side of the ball because if they can play great defense, they can make the Final Four. If they don't play great defense, they can get knocked out early. Um, let's start. Let's, let's talk Bancaro. Obviously, you've seen him a ton, and he played in the, you play at the very highest level with the very best players. What, what is he in the NBA? I think he's a, I think he's a three four. You know, he's a he's a six ten guy that's like two fifty, built like a grown man, and he can do a little bit of everything. He can handle the ball. He can score in the paint. He's got a, a very good touch from the perimeter. Very good mid range around seventeen feet. Got good footwork. He's a terrific underrated passer. Um, very good defender defender when he puts his mind to it. 
Paolo potentially is unbelievable. I think he can be as good as he wants to be. Um, my thing is that he goes. He has moments where uh, I feel like they don't necessarily go to him all the time, and so it looks like he disappears in the game. Like in a couple games, he'll go ten points in a row, twelve points in a row. He may not touch the ball again for the next five, six, seven minutes. And so in those moments, I want to see him be more demonstrative, more demanding, and be like, guys, give me the rock. I got a mismatch. Because he always has a mismatch. If you got a big guy on him, he's quick enough to go around him. If you got a small guy on him, they got to come double team him. And, and then on top of that, he's a great passer. So I kind of want to see him demand the ball more throughout the course of the game. Stug Gottlieb, Sean Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Carlos Boozer. Um, okay, the ACC was much maligned for much of, much of the year. But just because your conference isn't great doesn't mean that the teams that come out of the conference can't do well in the in the NCAA tournament. Like there's no real true correlation. Okay, so let's let's discuss North Carolina. Obviously, an eight nine that means if they win, they get Baylor. Um, have you seen a change or an evolution in this team that leads you to believe they can win a couple games in the tournament? I think Carolina is is one of the more scary teams in this tournament. Think about a think about, think about a, a one seed. That have to go up against a team that could score at every position. You know, you got two great guards and Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. You got a lockdown in Leaky Black, who's six eight, can defend anybody. You got a, a, a stretch four in Manic, who can hit threes, who you know lit up teams all season long. And then you got one of the most untalked about dominant big guys in the country, and Armando Baycott, who had twenty five double doubles this season. Um, so that's a scary team to see if you're a Baylor, right? You got really good guard play, a couple of good talented big guys. If, if that if that matchup ends up happening, I'm think I'm taking Carolina. The only thing is about the Tar Heels is they've been so inconsistent. One game they'll, they'll be they look like one of the best teams in the country, and one team they'll get beat by one of the worst teams in the conference. So they just have a, a little bit of an inconsistency consistency there. But at the same time, if they're on their A game, they could beat anybody. Uh, all right, what do you what do you think about Virginia Tech's draw? Yeah, I think they're they're terrific. I mean, think about their run, right? They come into the tournament, and all the all the experts are saying you got to win the tournament to make the NCAA tournament, right? You come into the conference tournament, a super underdog, and what do they go out and do? They go out and beat a Clemson team who they lost to a week earlier. Then they go out and beat the one, two, and three seed, and Duke in the championship, obviously. So they're rolling. They're coming in the tournament on a super high. They got a kid named Storm Murphy, who the, the country is going to fall in love with. It's a super passionate player for basketball, fifth-year senior. Kebe Aluma does a little bit of everything. He's like a Swiss Army knife. In the championship game, he had 19 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Very talented. And they got a guy in Justin Mutz who can defend anybody. Pretty much a double-double machine as well. So, And they got another guy named Couture who had 31 in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the final in the AC tournament. So they, they have a team that shoots it very well. They defend it very well. They move the ball offensively. And what I like about VTech is, and their coach Mike Young, what they if, if, they, if they go through a scoring law where they don't score buckets, they can still defend you because all those guys can switch one through five. They're, they do a very good job against guys teams that have size. So I think VTech could actually make a deep run. Awesome stuff, Booze. I appreciate you joining us. Look forward to talk with you uh, as the, as the thing goes on. Tell me about sacks. Underwear. You're an underwear model now? <laughs> Became a little bit of an underwear model. So surprisingly, the NCAA tournament is one of the most common times for guys to get vasectomies, right? Sure. So yeah. that go to, uh, the sax underwear came out with the, the sax to me 
registry where people can sign their friends up to get a, get a vasectomy and they send you out a package where you get comfortable underwear. So that while, we, while you're recovering from the vasectomy, you're covering in comfort, right? You're mm. watching the tournament, you're icing your, you know, your goodies, and you're, you're in some comfortable draws. So guys, go to sax.com backslash registry. That's sax with two X's and uh, get your friends a, a good package. Awesome stuff. Um, Carlos, thanks for joining us. We'll talk soon, all right? Anytime. All right, that's uh, got to make sure you get a good package from Saks Underwear. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Game time is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend shows, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find the dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, uh, Ralph Irvin, what do you got for me? Well, today we are playing... Rank them. So let's rank them indeed. We'll we'll keep it pretty basic because it is that time of the year. Doug, rank your number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. Well, I have to rank them like in terms of how good they are? How, yes, how you rank them, yes. Obviously, we know that Gonzaga was listed as the number one, but are they... Yeah, I would, put, I would do Arizona one... Um, Gonzaga two. Kansas three, Baylor four. And I would not list them as the four best teams in the country, but go ahead. Well, we'll follow that up then with ranking your number two seeds between Kentucky, Auburn, Villanova, and Duke. Uh, yeah, I would do Kentucky, Auburn, Duke, then Villanova. All right. Rank the three teams with the best chance to land Deshaun Watson. We know he's met with the Browns today, supposedly meeting with the Falcons. Saints have been mentioned. Panthers have been mentioned. Or it could be somebody else. I, look, I think who's the who's your who is your favorite quarterback growing up? Dan Fouts. Okay. Who is uh, Jason Stewart? Who's your favorite quarterback growing up? I was a Marino guy. Okay. John Ramos, who's your favorite quarterback growing up? Uh, that would be uh, Pat Hayden. Wow, you guys are also the oldest human beings on earth. <laughs> you and you and Ralph Irvin are <laughs> like, like. I used to love yeah. watching the Subruder footage over and over again. <laughs> I couldn't watch it until it came out on VHS. Totally. Um, okay. <laughs> if you grew up in Georgia, and you're the number one high school prospect or one of the top high school prospects in the country, you grew up in Georgia, who do you think, I'm just guessing, who do you think Deshaun Watson loved watching play, idolized, and uh, probably would consider the best quarterback he's ever seen play the position? Really? Steve Bartkowski? I'd say Michael Vick. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I don't know if people have a healthy respect for how respected Michael Vick is in football, uh, in Atlanta, in the South, even you go to Virginia Tech, like that dude, you know, he didn't get a shot out of jail because because he's a nice guy. It's because everyone worshipped Mike Vick. Like Mike Vick's the deal. So my, the point is, if you could play in Carolina for the Panthers or New Orleans for the Saints or Seattle for the Seahawks 
or maybe Cleveland for Browns, or you could play in Atlanta. It's I, Atlanta's one. Uh, I would put Cleveland as two, and I put Carolina as three. Carolina's three. All right. Well, next we'll rank the three teams with the best chance to land Freddie Freeman. We've got the Blue Jays, the Dodgers have been talked about, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Rays, basically the entire AL East. Now the Padres even in the mix. Um, yeah, I'll put Dodgers at one and Blue Jays at two and Padres at three. John Ramos, the nicest guy in radio, hates the Padres. It's an amazing thing. I don't hate the Padres. I don't. I don't. I don't like the Giants. I just think the Padres are trying to put all this money, all these players, and they're not. They're not doing anything for them. That's all. I mean, they're trying to get rid of Will Myers. They're trying to get rid of Eric Hosmer. These are guys they paid a lot of money for. Well, they got Hoss, uh, Myers in a trade with Tampa Bay, but and they haven't done anything with them. So. I don't know why you want to spend more money on Freddie Freeman. All right. <laughs> um, you know, local kid did well in the playoffs. You know, now you also you have Universal DH as well, so that changes things. You can spend a little bit more money that way. Now we'll rank the top three teams in the NBA Eastern Conference if each team is at full strength. So you've got the Heat, the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Bulls. Um, okay, I'm going to go Nets 1, Bucks 2, Sixers 3. So 3-2-1, three, Sixers, Bucks, Nets. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. There's no discussion there? Like, you guys just... You, no, nobody disagrees with that, or is, is this just you know, Ralph? You don't uh, you agree? You disagree? Where are you? I think that everybody in the East, it's it's just a it's a crapshoot when you're talking about everybody being healthy, because even at healthy, there isn't a team that's loaded that's perfect, in my opinion. So I so I can't dispute what you're saying. Well, the Nets are pretty loaded, and that's and they're just they're not healthy, but the Nets are pretty. good. I mean, they're not. You throw Ben Simmons out there with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Patty Mills, Seth Curry, they got a couple other dudes you throw out there with them. You, you still don't think they're loaded? Well, I I would agree, but, I mean, again, it's hard for me to see them as being healthy because they haven't been, and right now they're an eight seed or a seven, you know, a seven in the East. So it's how good could they have been when, when there's all these problems they've had. So that's that's been my question, but I know that they haven't been at full strength all, ever. I mean, goodness, they got 15 games out of their full strength with uh, Kyrie, Harden, and Durant, so. Yeah, no, I look, I I don't I don't know when if they'll be full strength or when they'll be full strength, but I, it's just it's hard for me when I saw them beat the Bucks by 40 last year and I think before before Kyrie got hurt and I think Simmons actually fits them a lot better than Harden and imagining kind of the fantasy basketball world of hey, if you put this piece with these two other pieces they'll all go together. Doesn't always work that way, but that's that's where that that's where that kind of comes from. I mean, I will say absolutely I love Kevin Durant's game. And, and just who who the who he is when he's healthy, I love it, and therefore that puts them you know very high up that list every day. Yes, uh, John Ramos. But what team you just got done saying when it all fits, or I think Ralph said that. But like of all these teams that have put all these players together, that we talk about, what team actually has made it work? Like 
the actual way when we when they went to that team, we went, oh, they've got this guy, this guy, this. Guy. I mean, the Lakers have are a mess, right? And then like they won a title. They didn't. They win did. A title two years they did. Ago. They did. I agree. with and that. And I think the I but, think the Nets would have won a title had they not. They got hurt. They got injured. Okay. The Warriors, when Durant joined them, that worked. They got to two finals and would have won a third one had he not gotten hurt again. The the uh, you know they the Heat went to four NBA finals. I think I'm just speaking of the last couple of years when all these guys have been moved around quickly, like Harden to the Nets, and that didn't really work out. Then he moved. I mean, it, they really all have been kind of like jigsaw puzzles that kind of look good, and then they, there's always something wrong when they. They have to do something else. It hasn't been very smooth. I agree. No, look, we, we can agree on that. No question. Um, that it, it's it's hard to make it work this way. It's very, very, very difficult to make it work this way. All right. Uh, check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. So we got the Deshaun Watson thing to, to pay attention to. That decision is supposed to come in the next 24 to 36 hours where he wants to play. But up next, baseball is back, but no one cares. I'll prove it to you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.